With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week on Happy Sack Confused, a very special spoiler edition of the show with M. Night Shyamalan. You've been warned. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to, as I said, this very uh, unusual special kind of edition of the show. We've never done one of these. Uh, perhaps we'll do them in the future, but um, I felt like it was a good occasion to do this. Uh, if you have not seen the movie Split, which is now out in theaters, uh, I can't necessarily recommend you continue on this podcast because there are going to be a lot of spoilers. Turn it off right now. Ser- dude. Turn dude, it off. <laughs> that's Sammy getting really, really angry at you. Um, but You're yes. upset yourself. You don't want to do this. <laughs> but the, okay, so so yes, there are going to be some more warnings ahead. But just to say it at the start, please, why, why do this to yourself? See the movie first. Okay, still with me? Good. You've enjoyed the movie. As you know by now, there is a huge uh, revelation at the end um, and about kind of like the scope and where this fits into other M. Night Shyamalan films. And uh, I had about, uh, I think, like a 30, 35-minute chat with uh, Knight that really goes hardcore into nerdy details about the film. And uh, and you're going to you're going to enjoy it because well Sammy can I can I ruin it for you? You can. Okay, okay. Here's the, here's the twist. Sammy's going to be ha- having it ruined for the first time. The film, as you guys know because you've seen it, is kind of a sequel to Unbreakable. It takes place in the same universe as Unbreakable. Um, so uh, James McAvoy, we think we're watching, you know, like a like a psychological thriller. In the end, what we found out is that this is the launch of a new villain in this universe. Bruce Willis appears at the end. This has launched a new kind of um, chapter in this universe. So this is very exciting. Hugely exciting for me. So I, I and many uh, many people worship Unbreakable, love Unbreakable. It's my favorite of Knight's films. Um, you know, I. I I hosted like a 10th anniversary panel for Unbreakable at Comic-Con a few years back. I've talked to him about a sequel for years. So when I saw this movie, I, like many in the audience, literally just said out loud, holy shit, this is amazing. You did, you did, did you do that little dance with your hands? I did the too? dance with the hands, jazz hands. Jazz hands. Um, but uh, so this was re- super exciting to like get to really get into the nitty gritty. And I think you guys are going to enjoy um, kind of the backstory of how this film came, came about, how it was in fact part of the original script of Unbreakable, his plans for the next film and indeed that is his plan to make a uh, a sequel to both Unbreakable and Split as his next film that would unite Samuel L. Je- L. Jackson's character uh, Mr. Glass uh, Bruce Willis as David Dunn and James McAvoy as The Horde so um, a lot of great juicy details for Unbreakable fans in this uh, interview. So, um, yeah, you've been spoiled, but hopefully you spoiled it for yourself already. Uh, and without any further you, ado... If you didn't know already, then you deserved it because you were warned. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, Unbreakable fans, uh, Split fans, M. Night Shyamalan fans, enjoy this exclusive conversation full of spoilerific details with M. Night Shyamalan. Spoilers ahead. Did we mention the spoilers? I don't, you didn't, but you forgot to say Oh, it. by the way, spoiler alert. It's my great pleasure to be joined by Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you, too. I was thinking about all the kind of stupid, silly things you get me to do every year. And I was like, I I was like, I can't believe I I get like this little bit of like, 
not shame or regret or anything <laughs> like that. I wouldn't say those words, but I'm like, oh, it's like all these respected filmmakers do they does he get them to do that or is it just me and like a bunch of hacks that he gets to do hacks no you were you were, you were for for context the after hour series which is my my sketch series with mtv you were i think the second or third sketch we ever did uh-huh. and the you set the bar very high there but the roster of talent you should be very privileged you're, oh good you're, you're among the the elite the, mcavoy's actually doing a sketch with me next week okay oh, and, and he's done a couple over the years good 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 um so okay so uh, there ample spoiler warnings I already said in the intro, but just to reiterate, uh, this, as you can see from the date attached to this podcast, this comes out after Split is out in theaters. If you have not seen Split, what are you doing here? Because we're about, we're going to talk some spoilers here. Um, hopefully you've seen it and enjoyed it as much as I have. I've seen it twice, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And um, on a number of levels, as you could imagine, given our, our past history and our conversations, I enjoyed it on a few le- levels. So, um, well, first of all, are, are you are you just surprised that as we tape this before it comes out, the, the secrets of this film really haven't gotten out there. Uh, unbelievable. It was really something that we discussed with as a company and then with Universal about how to, to, to when and how to deal with this issue and even how to like preview it. How do we do this? And it's, it's an incredible thing. I think we went to Fantastic Fest in Austin and absolutely the assumption was it's going to get out from there on yeah. and we'll deal with it as we deal with it, you know? And they, they, they literally said, what do we do? They, they freaked out when they saw the movie. They were incredibly gracious. It was three theaters. They, they had overflows and they kept on adding theaters. And so all these three theaters saw it and they were, they were saying, well, what do you, what do you want us to do? How do we talk about this? Should we, should we talk about this ending or not? And I, I gave a really genuine answer. I was like, I don't know, guys. It's uh, I don't know the answer to this. It's up to you. And then the, the, the moderator, Tim, uh, he goes, I'll kill anybody <laughs> that says this, says this ending. Uh, and they all kept it, every single one. And they started that kind of trend of keeping it and, yeah. and that the honor is to keep it. And and I'm so happy, frankly, that I, I didn't know. I didn't know going in uh, the ending. And I, and, I, and I was enjoying the film and I enjoyed it, as I said, on a number of levels seeing it. And then I had that literally like a holy shit moment where <laughs> I said it out loud. And both times I've seen it, I've literally heard multiple holy shits in the audience. <laughs> Just like where you have to say it out loud. Because so this is what you say. So this is the point in the podcast where we're like, this is where you this is it. This is where you pause it <laughs> and stop. Now we get into and it. And go see the movie yes. and then come back and play this podcast, the rest of it, later. Okay, here's your two-second pause. Yes. Enjoy the movie. I'll see you guys later. And we're back. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that movie great? <laughs> so, okay, this movie is, what do we call it? Is it a sequel? It's a sequel to Unbreakable. Is it? it? Do yes, you, you call it, it that? It, it, yeah, so the, the whole idea was, can I, can I make a psychological thriller? You think you're watching a psychological thriller but you're watching at the end moment you realize you're watching an origin story right and you're not watching a psychological thriller you're in a comic book movie and you realize and it goes click 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 like you know i was doing a long form yeah. first act again which is what what unbreakable is it's a long it's form it's another first origin act. story yeah. yeah um so talk to me okay let's get the history of this first of all so like when did this idea emerge and was it always conceived as being in this universe always conceived as the universe it is actually 15 or 20 pages of the script were written 15 years ago, 16 years ago. They was in the original Unbreakable script. So the original draft of Unbreakable had uh, David Dunn, Kevin Wendell Crumb, and Elijah in it. All three of them were in it. And I, the original movement was supposed to be Elijah 
was kind of more like an advisor to 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 David, the mentor. Yeah, mentor. And then then Kemwan Lakram and David would meet at the end, um, and and um, it was just not working. It was because the split character Kevin Wendell Crumb was just too, too vivacious, too active, too, like he was too electric. And I was writing these quiet other characters that were having kind of long dialogue scenes and it wasn't quite working. I couldn't get it all to balance out properly. Yeah. Um, it was such a rich character. And I, I said, well, maybe like I should just pull him out for a second and just see what it feels like with the other two. Then when I thought of the other two, then I got the idea for Elijah to be not the mentor. Got it. So was in that initial script, did Elijah turn on David Dunn in the end? Mm-hmm. Or he no, always he ended didn't. up being a mentor? Yeah, mentor. And the arch nemesis was more, more of- Yes, was this, was this, yeah. And so the girls were, um, in that version, the girls like, he he drops down into the room in that in that version. And they, they, you know, he saves them from the room. And do we, oh, in, instead of the, uh, got it. So instead of his emergence at the end of Unbreakable, where he rescues that family. Yes, he was rescuing these girls. Fascinating. Yes, okay. that's okay. what that's what the original outline, original script was. Okay, amazing. So do we do we call, <coughs> at the end of, of, of the film, and it's referred to a little bit throughout, do we refer to the, this character, this kind of, this villain at the end, is this the Horde? Is that what you would refer yeah, to? Yeah, the as? Horde, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Glass, the Horde. That's amazing. Okay, so okay, so um, let's think. Uh, what do I want to know? Okay, I, there are a lot of things I want to know. Tell me about how did okay. So when did this emerge over the fifteen or so years since mm-hmm. as something that you want to expand into a full narrative? Did you always know you were going to return to it, or were you playing around with it at various points? I always, I always had it as an, as a story in my book, my no- notebook of ideas. And a couple times I thought about having someone else do this as an un, I'd like take it and do it as an unrelated movie. Because I remember you did say, we were talking about like the Night Chronicles at yes. one point, and you did mention that there was a part of Unbreakable that you were going to do, and po- was possible, that this, maybe? Yeah, po- yeah, as as like, don't do not do it as Unbreakable, but just do it as its own story, yeah. you know, as a thriller onto itself. And, oh, oh, and I just would never let it go. Yeah. And it was just too much, too too close to me. It was too much, too, I was just, I just had too much of a connection to it. Mm-hmm. And held on to it kind of selfishly, and I guess the thing that was stopping me from doing it is the, the thing that you and I have talked about, which is just I have a tough time with doing a sequel. I just yeah. that's not the engine that motivates me when I sit down alone in the room to write. I, I need it to feel different. I need it to feel like something I've never done or that audiences have never seen before. I, I like that the visit is weird and nobody knows what that is. It a comedy? Is I like that 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 split has its own feeling, its yeah. own singular feeling. Um, and only when I went, hey, let me make it in this structure, which is you don't know you're watching an origin story. You don't know that this is connected. You spend this entire long arc. I take what, what I would have done in 20 pages in the, in the Unbreakable script and I do it in 120 pages. And then I, I link it back up to, to our, main char- our main hero. You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll be right back after this. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. 
can we talk a little bit like just the, the logistical aspects of this first? I'm mm -hmm. curious, like who knew? Because one of the key mm -hmm. questions I immediately had just from a business perspective is this is a different studio. Yeah, that was what's such a great- Unbreakable was Disney. Disney, yeah. I mean, how great is that as a cover? <laughs> that's a huge cover because <laughs> knowing like the sordid business world, oh, that's never going to happen. Never just going to give it up. So how did you, did you approach Disney? I did. quid pro quo here? What happened? Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody was very accommodating. Everybody was super gracious and accommodating. And I kind of told them what I wanted to do and what I was thinking possibly for the future. Um, and everybody was uh, happy and up for it and super gracious. It's nice because both of these studios um, I've had a long home at Disney and we had a very successful relationship there. And I, I have now a new home here in Universal and hopefully have a long and successful thing there. Uh, and they were both, everybody was just really accommodating. It was, it was, I know it sounds strange. Well, wait, what does Disney get out of this? I'm mean, being the, uh, the horrible person I am. That's my, that's <laughs> my, like, do they get the third film in this series? Well, Dude. you never know. You never know. <laughs> Why are you not looking me in the eye all of a sudden? What Okay, I, we'll get to the future. In yeah, a second, we'll get to the future. Okay. Okay. So, um, so, but who who else knew? You obviously have. You've been working with Jason Blum recently. Obviously, yeah. he knew. I'm sure. Yes. Um, did McAvoy? Did the entire cast know what this? Did Anya know that this was? Yeah, in this they, universe? they they did know. But the 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 real trick is don't don't worry about any of that. Right. Don't. Let that's not. Yeah. yeah. Let it go. Make its own movie. Make it just absolutely its own movie and sell the DID. Sell the situation. Sell the the abilities of of these DID patients to control their bodies with their minds, sell that, keep selling that, get to this character, show this character, meaning the beast, yep. and then go, now that, that I, you you quasi-believe this in a grounded world, guess what world it's in, right. you know, that kind of thing. And only if you do it that way. And in fact, when we previewed it for audiences, I didn't have the tag on. Oh, okay. The first, when I, before anything. Yeah, yeah, just when you're testing it. Just when I was testing it, it going, yeah, yeah, to see how it was going. I yeah. didn't have the tag on, and so, that was really a, a wonderful way. You just want to make sure it works. As a just story. make yeah. sure the movie works yeah. from beginning to end. These two characters, did you did you love the journey that they went on? It's interesting, and and in talking about like stylistically and thematically, its differences and similarities to Unbreakable, because um, now having seen it a second time. Stylistically, I would say it's it's definitely a different approach. You have like a virtually, I think the entire crew is different. You don't have any of like mm -mm. This DP or editor, or any mm -mm. of that kind of stuff. Was there any kind of stylistically, did you feel like there were illusions or anything you wanted to put in there mm -hmm. that recalled Unbreakable? Well, you know, the fun, again, this goes to that <clears throat> conversation about making a new movie. You yeah. know, make, I don't, I know, I the fun is coming up with your own cinematic themes, your own yeah. cinematic color schemes and, all of those things, um, but we were a little bit restricted, you know, because it can't be so off from right. Unbreakable. Um, I just remembered another thing, which is kind of interesting. There was a serious, serious conversation with Universal about not putting the ending on at all until midnight on Thursday when the movie opened. So that everyone that would have seen it prior wouldn't have seen it the with press, that, the press. No, yeah. everyone. And then it opens on Thursday and you put the ending on. Were you in favor of that? What were you thinking? We really considered that. We really, <laughs> really seriously considered that. Kind of could have been fun. Could have yeah. been fun. And then on Friday night, Thursday night, everybody goes crazy. <laughs> um, and, and in the end, I just felt like that's not the movie that I made. I, right. I, I made an origin story. So all of it was meant to go towards that final summation. What did we see? It's even too, it's too open-ended, even without not knowing that he's gonna meet him. Right. Like it was always supposed to be, he's going to meet him. That's the end of the story. Mm. So you're going to meet, the, we're gonna see this, what's gonna happen. 
without that final, the story isn't actually finished. That was the reason I didn't I do see. it. And I'm so happy it's we didn't. It's not a bonus scene. It's part of the narrative. By the way, and the main reason we had that conversation is we didn't want the ending to get out. Right. And unbelievable that everyone was so incredibly gracious, you so, know? So wait, I, I did, I, I totally get you're talking about like trying to create your own kind of cinematic language while keeping it smaller mm -hmm. enough so it does fit into the universe. Uh, this might have made me just overanalyzing when I saw it the second time and I was looking for things. Mm. Like there was a shot towards the end of him carrying the doctor that mm, really reminded mm, me mm, of David Dunn mm, carrying yeah. his wife. Yes. The end of Unbreakable. Is that, was that conscious? Is that just it's, your style? Or it, was, that... it was some, somewhere in between, I would say. We tried hard not to like, like the cinematographer and I to kind of go, hey, this is unbreakable. Yep. Let's go back. In fact, uh, the cinematographer is Mike Giolakis who did It Follows. Yeah, yeah. And so I saw, I saw It Follows and I flipped out over it. So I had drinks with him when I was in LA and I was like, you know, hmm, maybe this guy could shoot this movie. And I was like, hey man, how are you? And he's like, oh, we're, you know, I'm so excited to meet you, David, David Director. He's like, David and I are such big fans of Unbreakable. It was really influ influential in, and it follows. I'm like, hmm, he might really like this movie. <laughs> so it was, uh, I, you know, it's so in that way, it's yeah. very organic. Like you have a cinematographer that was influenced by Unbreakable, and then he comes back and he makes this movie. Sure. Um, we, we, you know, our, our, the, the influences, you know, like at that time, I was very influenced by independent cinema. Like, you know, I hired um, and the cinematographer who did, you know, Wings of the Dove and things like, right. you know, like very independent cinema. That's who, that's who I was bringing. Now he, he's a cinematographer for all the Harry Potter movies and all, but, <laughs> but at that time yeah. he was like, you know, he's a French cinematographer. It was like, it, yeah. was a, it was an unusual choice. Of course. To do a movie about comic books and those kind of things. And in that same way, so I went back to those instincts, like let me hire only independent people right. to make this, this, this movie. So in that way, that's the connection to Unbreakable. So, you know, hiring the cinematographer of It Follows, hiring the, the art, uh, the art director, production designer for True Detective for a for season, hiring the um, um, the composer of The Jinx. Right. These were all choi independent choices to bring to a kind of like you know commercial venture and kind of give it that that gritty, independent feeling. Are, are, are there even frankly in seeing it a second time well, when when I was aware and I and I saw the thematic links I didn't see necessarily like Easter egg kind mm -hmm. of things yes. did, I, did I miss things are there any things to look for that in terms of like specific narrative names illusions yeah let me think there's probably some in there I mean we even had my character well okay that that's one yeah. of my questions so yeah. is, are you playing the same character yeah well, has my, he what, reformed well yeah my my character <laughs> actually we had the same glasses we had the same glasses they had me do one I had one one take. With with me doing the same that we're like this dude hasn't changed his glasses in 15 years this is ridiculous <laughs> he's not doing drugs anymore yeah exactly yeah i'm actually want you know we'll get to the future but if okay. you know if the there's i i think it's either or right now i think i have the opportunity either or which is like i could do the eddie murphy thing he just plays a character in this is your clumps <laughs> in each of the movies he just plays a character um so you haven't decided he's i haven't either, decided yeah he's, he's either his own twin yes. he's just playing every role he he's, could be no he Either could be his reformed version of himself, ironically now in security at a at a at an apartment. Right, uh, you what know, could happen in fifteen years? Yeah, that could happen. He's, yeah. he's now he's kind of probably has a kid. He's, <laughs> he likes Hooters, so he still has that side of him. He also works at the village um, <laughs> post over there. <laughs> Same guy in all your movies. Wait, this is a big mind blowing revelation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I you know, but it, it did. We had this conversation. Is my character that character exactly? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so wait. So you were you were thinking there might be a couple. Um, yeah, I was trying to think uh, what 
I'd have to think a little bit okay. about that. Okay, we have some time. Keep yeah. it in the back of your mind. Yeah, I will. I would love to know. Um, but in terms of thematics, there are things that, as you say, it's, an, it's another origin story. Mm-hmm. It's another story. I mean, in some ways, Casey's character reminded me of David Dunn in some ways. And this this, this is kind of like a, um, a really closed off character who has to kind of f- find an inner strength by oh, the Oh, wait. I'm, I have an answer to your previous Please, question. Please, go for it. We'll get to that. There was, in this script, there was more Easter eggs, and I had to pull them out. Yeah. There were things alluding to what's happening in the city mm. and with the kind of the mania of what's happening in the city. And they kept re- referencing kind of, um, there was a version of the script and I was shooting it where they, they were actively battling, like like Mr. Glass and David Dunn. Were out. A- they were actively continuing to <laughs> battle. And that was just pulling, it was so distracting from the movie. Like there was, there was literally like the, like the only CGI shot in the movie was like helicopters in the background with a burning building where they're talking in the background and they reference it. And they're like, see, you know, like that kind of thing. And you, and you keep wondering what's going on, what's going on. And then you get to the, the end. And so what you shot that you had I a CGI did. Yeah. Version so of we this? shot that and the, that it was going on in real time, confused people. Hmm. You know, at least in my office, that wait a minute, when is this? Is this fifteen years later? Right. Or is this a, the same time period? Right. Right. So it ended up <clears throat> that was important to know where where we were, and so I t- pulled all those kind of references to it. Well, the reality is, like you know, Batman and Joker are fighting for eternity. Eternity. They're, yeah. That's, what, that's like, what these guys are doing too, yeah, presumably. That's the that was the theory, um, but it, it it didn't serve the 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 narrative very well. And even in an early draft of the script, I had you know huge scenes like I had a one of the characters went to the mo- a memorial of where people had died to something that in retrospect to something that Mr. Glass did Amazing. and they're referencing this terrorist like a terrorist 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 and right. who is the terrorist and you realize it's Mr. Glass at the end. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, do, do you want or hope that any audience kind of figures it out? Could, I mean, do you expect anyone will in just in, in sitting and watching it? I think so, right? It's impossible. Yeah. Although again, in watching the second now time. Now, since it's on the, on the, you know, <laughs> if everyone's like, there's a twist, it's related to another movie. It's a twist, it's related to another movie. It's a twist. But I mean, in terms of like, especially your doctor character, you know, Betty Buckley talking yes. about like her, the language yes. she uses definitely like it, it connects the dots in, in a way of talking about people that can um, finding these yes. you know, powers and extra abilities. And like, yeah. I feel like an idiot of not connecting it in some way to yeah. you've explored this before. Yeah, there, there are that I did get that, you know, when we didn't have the ending on, mm. we did get that. This has like an unbreakable feeling, you know? You're talking about the same kind of things, man. I really like this ideas that you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, good. good." (laughs) Did any any comic book characters inspire the Horde, this this character, in any way? Again, I wrote it 15, 16 years ago. But, you know, it comes from so many comic book characters that have two two sides to them, you know, multiple sides to them, you know, Two-Face and things like that. There's there's so many characters that are good and bad, you know? Um, and, and this is kind of the grounded version. What in, right. in the theory of like the unbreakable world, what if a comic book was an exaggeration of something real, right. what's the real version of it? Oh, it's multiple personalities or it's DID right. is that. And what if one of the personalities believed they were supernatural? What was was the final scene always as we see it in the film? Were there different iterations of that? Which final one? Scene? The, the, of the, the, of the diner? With, with, yeah, the diner scene. Oh, yeah. There was, I, that wasn't the first version of it. The first version of it was you come around the diner and you look at the newspapers and all the newspapers have the, all the, fo- the like photos and the stories of what's going on in that they've been continuing to fight, right. you know, version. But that, that was, it, it was, it was like once removed, 
You know, yep. seeing a photo of, of of like a poncho is once removed, right? From and a guy in a wheelchair is once removed from. You, you're already having like a, a paradigm shift, and you if you don't cleanly land that landing, you can't enjoy it in that moment. It can't be like, wait a minute, yep, what was that? Was yep. that? It can't be like that. So <laughs> it all happens in one fell swoop. So yeah, and I never, I didn't even have the cue. Yeah, and I did, and and the music was critical. Well, let's talk about that. So yeah. it's, just, it's it's the same score, right? The same it's score from new. Unbreakable. Yeah, it's so James, James's score. So James was kind enough. And yes, Disney he was, was very kind enough. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, and that even starts in the McAvoy. Yeah, so and so that's and I've had screenings where that starts, the music starts, and they and people start grabbing each other a little bit. They go, "What?" That you see their reactions. What? What? Yeah. Wait a minute. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. As the, the real savvy ones are like, what's happening? And they're getting, and then they're hoping and they're like, you're being an idiot. This has nothing to do with that. This is not that. This is not that. Or they think this is temporary music. That's right. what they use. This is just temporary music. Get your deck, get your head <gasps> There's more happy, sad, confused coming up after this break. When did you approach Bruce and what was his reaction? Oh, I approached him early. He was totally down. I mean, Bruce and Sam have always wanted to do another right. movie. So they're just like, every time I see him, when are we making another movie? What was it like shooting that scene with Bruce? Obviously, he doesn't have much to do, but was it fun for him to just be it, directed by you again, be he, that guy for a yeah, second? Yeah, it was so fun that day. We had we, we tried it many different ways that, you know, reveals no line, some line, you know, mm -hmm. someone else saying the line, him like living a look, all different variations right. of it. Um, it was really fun. I, I mean, the crew didn't know what we were shooting. Oh, really? Yeah. Was this part of principal photography or did you shoot this as a separate? Sep no, separate. It came back as separate. <clears throat> but they didn't know what we were shooting. And then Bruce showed up and they're like, huh? <laughs> and then the waitress says what she says. And then the crew member's like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> when when this script went out to actors, like an agents and like Anya's agents or whatever and James, like mm -hmm. did they, again, did they know from the start? You know where, I'm trying to remember, it was very few people got the script, very few people. It was literally like, Anya was the only one that got the script for that role. Um, Haley was the only one that got it for her role. Like that each of the people only got it for their role. And um, Betty, of course, who I trust, and James, who I trust. Yeah. And James's agents, we made a whole thing about how their agents read it. And, you know, Annie or James, they just want to read it. They had to come somewhere, you know, right. and read it and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the actors, you know, I made it. Please don't give it to anyone. I know your agent's going to say, slip it to me. Don't do it because I'm going to hold you responsible <laughs> when the assistant puts it out on the internet. Okay? <laughs> that kind of thing. So I was like, don't do it. Even if you think you're doing a good thing, you're not doing a good thing. <laughs> and when did, I assume Sam knows, given potentially yes. the future, um, when, again, he, he's known for years, this kind of plan? No, or? Sam only knew recently. And um, what was his reaction that it was finally was actually like, happening? I said, it, you know, I, you know, I'm, I might be, I might be doing uh, this movie and I might combine these two movies. I don't know if you want Aaron okay or want to be interested in playing Mr. Glass. He's like, I'm dying to play Mr. Glass. He's like, I've been telling you every time I see you. <laughs> so. Was there ever a thought of using him as a cameo too? Was there ever a scripted version of him in the mental asylum or somewhere? Just you know, I did. You know, I'll tell you something that was really interesting. I There was a credit sequence, you know, the credit sequence, which I love, by the way, the one that's there, yeah. the 24 crawls. Yep. You know, yep. the, the one crawl and then 20, 24 crawls behind it, mimicking it, so cool and effective. Um, but there was another version of the credit sequence, which was comic book, which was 
like graphic images of the beast and then David Dunn and then Elijah and then them all mixing together. And it, when I saw it done, I was like, this is a fucking home run. <laughs> and then when I put it on the movie, it didn't work. Mm. And I, I feel like there's one thing to do. Is it almost ruining what's maybe yeah. to come? Like you're in a way? <clears throat> no, or? I think it was undermining. Is one thing to say you saw an origin story, but to go into other characters. Yes. You want it to be self-contained. Self-contained, yes. And just like yeah. trade on something else. No, the, over the end David credits. Dunn is reacting to the news of the Horde. End of, end of the story, right? Yeah. If you keep going, it started to undermine the movie, the two-hour movie that you just saw. It was so strange because I was so devastated because I was like, God, this is the greatest credit sequence. All these, like, all three of them, like, like in graphic images, like, all doing all these things, and it would have been so cool for the audience. But it was too, too soon. It didn't want that. So how do how do we read? You alluded to this earlier. What is David's reaction to hearing that news? What's his take on that? And if you had to write his thought bubble, my thought bubble would be. Again, don't hold me to this. Okay. But Elijah never got out of the institution. And he was just a, a guy who believed this, but he David doesn't quite 100% believe it that way. He just thinks that he's particularly meant to do this. Mm. And it's kind of faded a little bit, like this idea of comic books that, that Elijah's saying the comic book world is based on reality, that it's right. real, that that there's no other evidence for this. There's some crazy guy who has this bone disorder who's in an insane asylum. And but he, now this has- And then this comes up is like, oh my God. He's he's right. So but that, that does refute like one of your different kind of things you were talking about, which is like you had them in the background fighting for like. Yeah, it so, flipped. It flipped. So, yes. So now you've in this in this current iteration, and you have yes. the right to change your mind. Well, that's what you is, know. What it ended up forcing me to do was start to think about think through it, think through think through the is, next movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. It started making that when I referenced it. Because you almost don't want to waste like their yeah. relationship building over years. Yes, exactly. But now I have a full outline, by the way. I don't know if we're okay. into the future. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so as of the end of this movie, uh, they have not been fighting for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Elijah, had, uh, Mr. Glass has been institutionalized for 15 years. He hasn't broken out or done mm -hmm. anything. There mm -hmm. hasn't been other heroes mm -hmm. or villains, it's seemingly. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the next, um, you know, metahuman or whatever you want to yes, call it. Yes. And this proves to David, oh, this is for real. Yes, um, roughly. Roughly. <laughs> okay. So... How much of an outline do you have for this I have next a pretty film? a pretty detailed outline. It's nine pages, um, creeping to ten now, of like beats, scenes, beats, and it's it's very it's very long, which is worrying me. But I don't see how we can probably it's by its nature it needs to be kind of epic, you know. Yeah. At least the, the storyline that I've thought through is feels very, you know, intricate. So, I mean, unlike the first two in this universe, those are origin stories. Yes. Presumably this is not an origin story. Yes. Is that like, and you talk about it epic in nature. Yes. I, I know you enough to know and in, in talking about sequels that you don't want to do kind of like the conventional no, take on no, a sequel no, or superhero film. No. So All that, I can say yeah. is this. If, if Unbreakable was the high con, take the comic book thing away, you know, that that's the answer. Right. That the movie is about a guy who is the only person that survives a train wreck. Everyone dies and he doesn't have a scratch on him. How's that possible? Right. right? That's, that's a high concept, really cool yeah. story. And then this one is um, three girls get abducted 
uh, by a, a person that that has this disorder that be he believes he's many people, and they have, and they all the different personalities are saying there's a there's another personality coming to get them. It's called the Beast. That's that in and of itself yes. is a really cool thing. This third movie needs to have its own idea. Mm. You know, it, the high concept of that final movie can't be, it's this final, it's final Unbreakable. It it's can't, not the, just three of them meeting and hitting not, each other. There has to be something about that that makes it its own movie. Like this, how these two are their own movies. If, if That's when I'll be happiest, when it, this is its own movie. In a way, I could say just, if it could just be watched by itself. Right. Just as these first two could. Yeah. So, uh, and and needless to say, it seems like- I don't know how much I will achieve that <laughs> because it's so damn easy to do it the other way. Right. Well, you can, <laughs> you can find the balance, I'm sure. Ba balance, I is, I did, balance is the key, I think. I believe in your magic night. Yeah. Um, okay, so, and it would involve presumably at least these three key characters. Yes. That seems safe to say. Is, is it one person's like story and per, per se? Is it one person's journey? Can you say like who is who's your protagonist? Is it David? Okay, now you're just getting you're okay. getting going. Okay. You've gone okay. too far, man. I mean, look, after, you've crossed after the line. You didn't know you didn't know jack shit till you watched this movie. And now <laughs> oh, you I'm already greedy. know. Now you already know so much it's more. Mind blowing. After years of talking to you about this <laughs> and begging you for any information to have this just like I know torrent, it's like overwhelming. I feel like for we me. moved to a next stage in our relationship, like we moved in together or something. And you now know. I'm regretting it a little oh, bit. No. Like, <laughs> maybe hosted, we rush this. Who hosted your 10th anniversary Unbreakable <laughs> panel night? <laughs> <laughs> who did the who did the escalation trailer? Oh, God, this is where you, you list in the relationship the, the inequities <laughs> and all the things what that— What have you done for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, wait, a few more geeky questions as if these haven't been. So what is what has David been doing the last 15 years? Um, I can't tell you that. He's clearly a security guard still. I can't tell you that. Or, or he's just wearing a name patch to remind himself who he is. It's in, it's in the outline. It's there. Okay. It's in the nine. Would, would we nine be surprised pages. what he's been up to? I'm not gonna say anything. Okay. okay. You got. You know. Is there any other connection? It was just because I moved in here doesn't mean you own me. <laughs> I'm still my own person. Was he? Was he a patient of Dr. Fletcher? Did he need any uh, psychiatric assistance? I can't over say the years? anything. I can't say anything. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> have. <laughs> is it, is it, Let me ask more questions. <laughs> about the next movie. Has, oh, here's here's something I was curious about. Maybe this is just a coincidence. In both Unbreakable and Split, your main characters, James and Bruce, they both kind of realize or embrace their powers at the train station. Mm, is, that yeah. just, is that just like, I mean, it's a cool no, that, setting. Is yeah, there, that, is there that, a reason? That would, that's, I, that would definitely be an Easter egg yeah. of, you know, that it's all com kind of coming from the train. I just find train stations so comic booky. I don't know why. Yeah. Just that, that's, I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from. This I connect train stations and comic books. I don't know. Is this is this a relief? Well, A, is this a relief just talking about it at length like this with <laughs> me? But B, also, like, you've been asked about this, I know, in virtually every interview yeah. for 15 years. Yeah, um, literally. <laughs> so was that part of the reason to not do it or to do it over the years? I'm sure you went up and down in terms of your feelings about it, given people's expectations. Yeah, I mean, you know, I it just was, it's the right moment, you know, and like, you know, you just wait till the right moment. How I know it was the right moment is because of James McAvoy. Like, you know. He's amazing in it, by the way. He's, thanks, you saw me. I mean, I can't take credit. He's amazing. He really so is. He's, a, he's just, a, you know, astounding. When the right actor is ready and is at the right point in his career and the, the right role finds you. You know, he felt that, you know, you can see when it goes like pocket, you know, when yeah. the, the actor and the, the the thing that's written is just pocket perfect for them, like Haley and Sixth Sense, like James and this, or 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 Bryce and the, the Village, you know, it's yeah. like pocket, pocket acting. You're like, oh my God, they just completely embody it. Yeah. Is, uh, 
you have an outline, you're still working on it. Is this the next thing you want to do or do you have a... I think so. Yeah. I think it's the next thing. I do have another idea that has nothing to do with this. Okay. That you I'm say now huh? and then we talk in two years and <laughs> you've been so, lying to me. Something really I'm excited about as well. Okay. Um, which I would love to tell you about. Okay. <laughs> um, and... And I would think also just James must be excited about yeah. potentially, I mean, just doing this character again. Yeah. And also getting to play with Bruce and Sam must be an enticing. I think he's pretty excited. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll talk to him about it when I see him. Um, I, I, that's all I have for you for now. Again, my, my brain has been melted a few times already in seeing these film, this film a couple of times. And, and just the fact that it exists is amazing. Oh, thanks, and, man. Um, I, I'm so happy for you because, as you say, it, it's um, – you know, it's a tough challenge because mm. of the expectations and whatever, but it, it stands on its own. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great thriller and it's just icing on the cake to enjoy it as part of this universe. And I'm so excited that you chose to, to come back to it and, and hopeful that we see it, uh, see another iteration of it. Oh, thanks time. man. So nice to talk to you about it actually. Um, thanks buddy. Thanks, Good man. luck with it. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> this episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.